Thank you for being the one who so willingly and often reminds us how much you love and care for us. Lord, thank you that you are faithful, that you will take this offering that we give, that you will multiply it, that you will use it to build your kingdom. We trust you for that, Lord. We praise you this morning. Bless every giver. Lord, may every person here be reminded continuously that you are our provider. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We are beginning a new series, and I always look this way, Ingredients for a Successful Living. Watch this video as we learn about a very important ingredient. Uh, (laughs) Just lost my total train of thought. Broken relationships. (laughs) Relationships. It's important in our lives. And while some of them are good, others may seem broken because of lies, neglect, abuse, and hurt. But what happens when we give our broken relationships to God? He tends to put them back together. Because after all, relationships are an important ingredient in a successful life. Wow, good morning. Poor thing, Pastor Lynn, forgetting. That's okay, Pastor Lynn, we still love you. (laughs) I told her, I said, you give me such confidence this morning. But I think we all are in this season, you know, we we deal with uh, different things and, and we're kicking off this new series, Ingredients for Successful Living, because there's so many things that God wants to give to us so that we can have the life that he created for us. Many times we bring in other ingredients into our lives rather than the ingredients that God purposed for us. And so we grab on to all of these things and, and actually what it does is it takes away from the life that God blessed us with rather than adding to the life he's given to us. And so we want to learn from his word how we can have these kinds of ingredients in our life for successful living. The difference between successful people and unsuccessful people is that Successful people develop disciplines that unsuccessful people are unwilling to commit to. And so that's what we want to learn today. How can we make some, some commitments to these disciplines that will help us become the people God made us to be? Before we jump into our message this morning, as, as the family of New Hope Hila Hawaii, there's a couple of things that I want to communicate to you as family. And I think for, for you as a new person, and if you're visiting, first of all, thank you for being our guest today. We, we pray that you would enjoy today and that God would speak a wonderful message to you today. Uh, and then there's, there's things that I want to address as the family of New Hope Hila Hawaii. And this is not in your notes, but in Ecclesiastes 3.1 in the Bible, it says, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. And right now we're in football season. So some of us love the season of football. But the other week, I was watching a football team with some players that transitioned from one team to another. And those players that transitioned were doing so much better on this team that they transitioned to. And I thought to myself, well, what's the difference? Did they get better, like, overnight? Did they go through some kind of training that got them to excel and do better? Well, not necessarily. The difference was that they were able to fit according to the way the coach ran that team. And it fit their strategy. 
You see, a good coach will never put a good player in a bad position. They will always do what's best for the player as well as for the entire team. And every player is gifted, yet if they're not positioned well, the player, the team, and the coaching staff will not be able to carry out the game plan. Well, about 11 years ago, we began a transition in our church from Pastor Alex to myself. The year before we transitioned, Pastor Alex asked if I wanted him to have his team, the staff that was with him at that time, resign, which is usually what happens when a church transitions pastors. This way, I could bring on a staff that will be able to carry out the game plan that God will give to me. Well, it takes about three years to transition a church when there's a change in pastoral leadership. And instead of us doing the transition on the front side, that I found it much wiser to do it on the back side of the transition. This way, I would be able to hear the Lord in the three years of transitioning. And we are at that three-year mark. In fact, May made three years of our transition as me being the uh, senior pastor. So on July 31st of this year, I asked the staff to pray to the Lord and ask Him if they still feel called to serve here on staff come January 1st, 2013. Some of them felt the Lord saying, yes, I still feel called. Some of them felt the Lord saying, no, which is okay. The main thing is that they heard the Lord. Now, there will be some staff that will be here on staff next year, and then some new staff. And we have very gifted staff. If you know our staff well, very gifted. Everyone is talented, and everyone has great hearts. They're all great players. And just like any great team, sometimes adjustments need to be made so that every player fits the team. So I pray that the Lord as he continues to advance his kingdom, that we will do things that he asks us to do, regardless of how difficult it may seem. Now, some may ask, so who will be here come 2013? Well, when all of that is finalized, then I will let you know uh, as the church. And as the senior pastor of this church, I cannot be more proud of our staff who has gone over and beyond the call. And I believe that God will continue to pour out his blessing come 2013 as he pours new wine into new wineskins. I would say this, though. Please pray for the staff as they continue to seek the Lord and pray that the Lord's will would be done. And so I just wanted to communicate that to you. Uh, we're going to pray, and then we'll jump into our message this morning. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord, with the things that uh, are going on here, we, we're so grateful that we have a God who continually moves us into the future that you've planned for us. Lord, I pray for our staff and the wonderful families that they have. I pray that your grace would be with them and that you would bring clarity and speak, Lord, in such a way where we would understand you. And in the season that we're in, it's an exciting season because you're doing new things. And so we thank you for the privilege of serving you. This is your church. It belongs to you, and so do the people. And so we want to do our best to serve you well. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said, amen. amen. Well, you can take out your bulletins and take out your notes. Today, as we are beginning our new series, we want to talk about dealing with broken relationships. Now, think about it this way. When you're dealing with something that's broken, sometimes we don't know where the issue is. We live in a broken world with broken relationships, broken values, and broken people. And so what we're going to learn is how to deal with broken relationships and how Jesus can bring healing to each person, that he can bring wholeness to every person. 
When my children were a lot younger and uh, they had Nintendo and, you know, the first Nintendos that came out and, and Super Nintendo and, and uh, PlayStation 1, uh, I think it was just called PlayStation, but they wanted to play on our TV, you know, in the living room. And we said, no, that's so that we can watch TV. And so someone gave us a television that was broken, like the channels didn't really work, but it could connect to the game console. The only problem was sometimes there would be lines that would go through it, so you'd have to bang on the TV, you know, but you have to hit it in the right spot. And so if you hit it enough, then it comes clear. And so I would know when they're playing because when they would turn it on, I would hear, boom, boom, bang, bang, yeah! So it got clear. Well, after a while, I was in the living room, and then one day I hear them screaming, Dad! Dad. So I run in the room. It's, the whole room is filled with smoke. I said, what, what are you guys doing? He said, the TV is smoking. So I unplugged it, and it still was burning. And have you ever smelt that electrical burn, you know, when it, something shorts out? Oh, it was so bad. We call it hauna in Hawaii. It's just, it was just bad, terrible, horrible smell. And the, the smoke alarms were going off, beep, 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 beep. So we had to turn those off, take out the battery and clear out the air. And so everything was cleared out. All the smoke was gone. But the home still had the smell for days because it lingered into the material. It, it got caught in the material and it just lingered. And I thought, you know, we got the TV already broken. It was already broken. And I thought it was inevitable that the TV would break. In this case, catch fire. And it wasn't safe at all. And so it, 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 was, it was bound to happen. That's the same thing you and I deal with. We're already born broken people. We're born with an innate ability to do wrong. We have a sinful nature inside of us. And we too can only go so long, even in relationships, before it breaks down. In our marriages, it's not the marriage that the, that's the problem. God created marriage perfect. It's broken people who get married that cause for a broken marriage. There's issues inside of us, not necessarily the marriage, it's inside of us that we bring to the marriage. Even as a single person, you may think, but I'm not married. But you still have brokenness inside. And every relationship that you go into, you're going into it already broken. And it's inevitable that it's going to continue to break down. Even in our family, you have a, you have a group of, of members in the family who are broken people who are together in one family. Inevitably, it can break down. In the work environment, Broken people who work together can cause for broken relationships in the workplace. Even in a relationship with each other as Christians, we're broken people who love the same God. But even in that, there's broken relationships. You might be in a relationship that there's physical abuse and and you're wondering, so how do I deal with that? Or verbal abuse, or sexual abuse, or emotional abuse. And you're wondering, how do I get all of this cleared out? Now, people will make many excuses why they treat one another badly. They'll make many excuses. But here's how the Bible puts it. Ephesians 5, 6, and it's in your notes. It says, don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. 
For the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. So if we're born broken, how do we deal with broken relationships? It seems as if life consists of relationships that are broken. And no one likes broken relationships. No one likes when a relationship, when a relationship goes bad. But, but can, can we ever get free from broken relationships? Maybe, maybe not. But we sure can be set free from the residue that broken relationships bring. See, broken relationships are not the issue. The issue is broken people who come together in relationships. Well, so how are we able to deal with broken relationships? Now, I love this scripture because it'll, it'll, it'll show some light into the situation. And it's found in John 8.32, and it's in your notes. And the Bible says this, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. See, there's a freedom that comes with the truth. In other words, and you can write this in your first point, number one, I must be truthful with myself. Be truthful with myself. It starts with me. It starts with us. Well, wait a minute. So are you saying that it's my fault in what happened? Is it my fault that I was abused? Is it my fault that he left me, she left me? Is it my fault that my father treated me this way, my mother treated me this way? You're saying it's my fault? No, absolutely not. If you were treated in that way, and, and especially as a minor and you're growing up and you were treated in some horrible way, no, it's not your fault. There's things that people do because they're broken people. Did you deserve it? Nope. The abuse that you got, did you deserve it? Nope. But because there was a broken person, they didn't know how to deal with the situation. But where you are today... In where God has brought you to, with the wisdom that he can give to you, you can change things around. Romans 12, 3, Paul the Apostle speaks this. He says, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Now, he's giving us a warning, which means he's, he's giving us a heads up. He's saying this is critical for one of life's key ingredients for successful living. He says, don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest with your evaluation of yourselves measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. He's not, what he, he's not saying, go measure yourself with other people. Go measure yourself by your parents' standards, your grandparents' standards, your children's standards, the world's standards. He's saying that's not how you measure your standard of living. It's measured by the faith that God has given to each person and God gives to each person. You may feel like, but I don't have faith in God. He gives you faith. The question is, are we receiving this faith that God gives to us? Are we receiving wisdom from Him? See, we're ruined on the inside. That's what the Bible is saying. And what we try to do is we try to cover it up. Sometimes we don't address the issues that are buried deep down in our hearts, and so we take it from one relationship to the next. And on the inside, we're dying. See, my relationships will never get better without the truth setting me free. We put on the nice smile. We're ruined on the inside, but the outside, we smile. And we say, if someone says, hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Everything's great. You can get plastic surgery for a permanent smile. It will not change the inside. Only God can do that. He's the author and perfecter of our faith. He's the one that can help us get better from the inside out. But many of us don't want to deal with the truth. 
Yes, it's true. This happened in my life. Yes, it's true. So-and-so treated me this way. Yes, it's true. I made a mistake. Yes, it's true that I was abused. Yes, it's true that I was molested or taken advantage of. That's the truth. But did you know that there are different kinds of truth? For some of you, when you came in, you're freezing cold. You say, no, it's so cold. And someone said, what? Are you kidding me? It's super hot. Who's correct? Both of you guys are. It's the truth. Or we say that's the facts. Because facts change. Truth never does. We could say that's our personal opinion. So if both are stating what they believe is true, how do we know what is true? Because if it's all given to personal opinion and it comes to a relationship, then who's right, who's wrong in the relationship? Well, this scripture is not in your notes, but you can write it and check it out later or, or turn in your Bibles. But Psalm 119, verse 160. Here's what truth is. It says, The entirety of your word is truth, and every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. In other words, things may change, but God's word never changes. His truth is absolute truth. It never changes. We can't change what God has already said and what he has already done. Truth as in a fact and truth as in God's word are two different things. Many of us want to be free from the truth of what someone did or said to us. But catch this. In order for me to be set from the truth, those deep hurts, I must first let the truth set me free. Before I can even be free from the truth of the hurts that I have, the brokenness, I must first let the truth set me free. That's the only way that that can happen. Otherwise, if you try on your own, you know how long you will go through life trying to deal with the issues inside? You're going to try and bury it, hide it, camouflage it, but it's still there, and it'll always surface up. It'll come out in relationships. It'll come out at your workplace. It'll come out in anger. It'll, it'll always make its way out. And then what we do is we think it's done because we got it out. No, no, it's still there. It's still resonating inside. A while ago when my children were younger, they broke one of Heidi's porcelain dolls, uh, like a precious moment kind of thing, and it broke in half. And, and they looked at me and said, Dad, it's broken. I said, that's okay. We can glue it. No big deal. We can glue it back together. So we got some glue, glued it back together. It was, it was only one piece that we had to glue, glued it back together, and it was fine. And Heidi was fine. We told her like 10 years later. It was fine. And, but it, was no, it wasn't that much of a problem because we got to glue it. It was easy to glue back because it was one piece. Some months ago, my son Jordan broke one of Heidi's Coca-Cola dishes. Now, she collects Coca-Cola things, and, and he broke it, shattered into 100,000 million pieces, if that's a number. It was just shattered, so he threw it away. There was no way possible that he was going to sit there and glue every single piece back. If he did, he'd still be sitting there gluing it back together, but it would never be the same. It'll never be the same. Yes, you can put it back together. It takes time, though. And just like the video that we saw, when you put pieces back together, yeah, it's still usable. God can use a broken vessel. He can use a cracked vessel. He can even use a chipped vessel. But what he will never use is a dirty vessel, something that's dirty on the inside. You wouldn't do that either. You'd clean the inside. And the same thing is true with us. Even though we have this brokenness about us, God wants to clean the inside, not 
smile on the outside. He wants us to be whole on the inside. And when there's a break here, a rift there, a problem here and and there in our relationships, then it becomes very time-consuming and difficult to deal with. In other words, when it comes to healing broken relationships, the more breaks, the longer it takes because there's so much brokenness. That's why the first area I must deal with when it comes to relationships is I got to be truthful with myself. Psalm 39, the psalmist is speaking to himself, verses 1 through 4, and he says, I said to myself, I will watch what I do and not sin in what I say. I will hold my tongue when the ungodly are around me, but as I stood there in silence, not even speaking of good things, the turmoil within me grew worse. The more I thought about it, the hotter I got, igniting a fire of words. Then he switches gears. He says, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. No, he came to a conclusion. Yeah, he knew he had to deal with these things. And, and what the psalmist is saying is that we're going to battle with relationships. But instead of letting it get to you, seek the Lord for wisdom. Because life is too short to let brokenness ruin what life we have left to live. And some people deal with broken relationships all their life. They go from one relationship to the next, broken, broken, broken. One after the other, thinking that that's going to be the next fix. But it's not. Why? Because there's brokenness on the inside. You go from one family member to the next, even in a family, broken relationships. Or from one friendship to the next. That's why this is very important. And you can write this in number two, because Jesus did this, is to develop an inner circle of friends. This is very, very critical for dealing with broken relationships. You must have an inner circle of friends. What does that mean to have an inner circle of friends? Well, Jesus had the 12 disciples. That was the people he was mostly hanging around with in ministry. But he had Peter, James, and John as his closest inner circle. That they were the ones who were closest to him. See, an inner circle of friends are the kinds of friends that will support you with whatever you go through in life. They're not easily offended by you. If they are, don't make them a part of your inner circle. If you have to always deal with, oh, I said this, oh, I got to apologize, and you always got to make things right, and they're, and they're your friends, and they get easily offended, then they shouldn't be in your close circle, your inner circle. Because the closer they are to you, the more damage that can be done in your relationships. Ecclesiastes 4.12, it says, A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Now, there will be some people who will stand by your side no matter what. And then there will, there will be some who get close enough to you to give you jabs, you know, and painful ones. And they'll say things to you, and it'll hurt, and you got to make things right, and you go back and forth. But... The, the, the closer they are, the, the more vulnerable you'll be. So you got to make sure those inner circle friends are the ones that God wants for you, that they're not easily offended because they're going to be close to you. Sometimes I'll say things and with Heidi and I and, and some people around us, and sometimes I'll kid around, and then she'll laugh, say, ha, ah, ha, and she'll kind of hug me, but, but she's bringing me in close because she's pinching me. 
because I'm making trouble to her. So she'll pinch me, and once in a while she'll give me a little jab, and I'll smile, ha 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 And everybody's thinking, this guy's kind of weird. It's just because she's that close enough where she can give me a little short jab to say, hey, watch what you're saying. And it's the same is true with our friends. The closer they are, the more vulnerable we are for those quick jabs. Sometimes the jabs that we get from our closest friends are not the healthiest for us. There will be people who come close to you, and, and you'll buy into their friendship. But as soon as you do not do what they want you to do, or become someone that, and you don't become someone they want you to become, they'll take a shot at you. So you got to be wise at the inner circle. Proverbs 18.24 says, There are friends, and the Bible even puts these quotes, There are friends who destroy each other. But here's what we want to get to. But a real friend sticks closer than a brother. Sticks closer than a brother. See, when that happens and a relationship goes bad, you got to think things through. You must be able to deal with it according to the ways of God. Therefore, number three, you can write this in. Learn from it, but move forward. Learn from it and move forward. doesn't mean you don't care about the person. doesn't mean you don't love people. It doesn't mean that you've become someone who's now uh, an arrogant person. No, you just had to learn from it, but then move forward. See, the broken relationship you're in with right now will not be the last. We'll still deal with broken relationships. It's, it's, it's where life is. It's inside of us. We're going to have to deal with broken relationships. Take what you can learn and continue to move forward. So does that mean I'm supposed to leave my spouse? Does that mean I'm supposed to leave this person? Does that mean I'm supposed to dig out? No, no, no. What the Bible is saying is here's how you deal with it. Because you may feel like, oh, boy, it's not going well. You know, every day is a bad day. You know, it feels like we're in darkness. It doesn't feel like I can smile anymore. There's just no joy in my life. Here's how the book of Job puts it. Job eleven thirteen through 17. It says, if only you would prepare your heart and lift up your hands to him in prayer. Not gossip. In prayer. Get rid of your sins and leave all iniquity behind you. Then your face will brighten with innocence. You will be strong and free of fear. You will forget your misery. It will be like water flowing away. Your life will be brighter than the noonday. Even darkness will be as bright as morning. So where does it say to leave iniquity? Where does it say to leave it? Behind you. Not in front of you. Not take it with you. Not drag it into the next relationship. Not drag it along so that you can recite it over and over. Bring it to memory It says, leave it behind you. Don't recite it over and over. That's the only time your face will brighten. You will be strong and free of fear. And the misery that you're feeling and that you're going through, you will forget. It will flow away like water. Even the darkness you're in, you'll be able to endure. Do your best to heal, mend the relationship, ask for forgiveness or give forgiveness, but then move on. So what do I do in my marriage? What, what do I do there? Because things aren't going well. Are we supposed to leave one another? How do we deal with that? What does God say about that? Well, sometimes what's happening in our heart is we want to seek revenge. You know, we want to, because you treated me this way, this is what I'm going to do. And so we try to retaliate. And the worst thing that can happen is that we become a bitter person. 
Romans 12, 17 and 18, it says, Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. And here it is, if it is possible. So if you look at your marriage and where you're at, if it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. If you're dealing with something in your marriage, start there. Are you able to live peaceably? Can you go to the Prince of Peace, as the book of Job was saying? Are you going to him in prayer? Are you seeking the Lord? But what do I do in the relationships that are going bad? Do I just let it die? What if we're both Christians? What if we're family? Now remember, when it comes to healing broken relationships, the more breaks, the longer it takes. So the more the brokenness or the deeper the wound, the longer the healing will take. Just like any wound that we have, sometimes it takes surgery, but the deeper the wound, the longer it'll take to heal. In other words, it may take a long, long time for the relationship to get back to where it once was, but it may never get back to the same place it was, but it doesn't need to be because if possible, as much as depends on you, if possible, you might want to circle that word, if possible, As much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. You want to have that peaceable spirit. Jesus dealt with that. Jesus had to deal with the things that people were saying against him, the things that people were doing against him. In fact, Peter recognized that, one of his inner circle of friends. Peter writes this in 1 Peter 2, 23. And while being reviled, he did not revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats, but kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. Here's my encouragement for all of us today. Keep entrusting yourself to Jesus, the one who judges righteously. He's the only one that can bring healing. He's the only one who models for us how we can deal with broken relationships. And here's the good news. We may be broken people, but he's not a broken God. He's a perfect God. When you have a perfect God, he can bring perfection into our marriages, into our relationships. We're not going to be perfect people, but he can help perfect us in the relationships that we deal with because he wants us to have a successful life in him. Amen. Amen. Close your Bibles. Put away your notes. I'm going to pray together. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads for a moment and just the reason why we ask you to close your eyes is so that you can just stay focused on the Lord. Ask him for direction. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord, as we, as we pray to you this morning, as we gather together, right now it's, it's more like an individual time with you that with what we're learning from your word and, and how to deal with broken relationships, you know exactly what's going on on the inside of our hearts. You're the only one who can bring healing to our hearts. And so, Lord, I pray that we would be people who, who seek you out and who look to you because you're the righteous judge. You're the one who is able to help us. Lord, I pray for those that maybe, maybe they've been hearing about you and maybe they've been hearing about this new life in you, but they've never experienced it. And so, Lord, this morning, maybe this is their opportunity 
to begin this successful living and maybe one of the ingredients that they're looking for is found in you. And if you're here this morning and you've never given your heart to Jesus, I'm going to say a prayer this morning. In fact, let's all say this prayer together. And you just add the heart. I'll lead it. Here's the prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for your love and your grace. I give my heart to you. I give you my life in exchange for yours. I believe in you. I believe you died on the cross. And I believe you rose again to give me a brand new future. And so I thank you in Jesus' name. With every head bowed and eyes closed, if you just said that prayer for the very first time, I want to pray over you. Could you just lift a hand real real briefly? Just want to pray over you. God bless you. Anybody else that you said yes to Jesus? Good. God bless you on this side. Back there, God sees your hand. Good. Yeah, God sees your hand. God bless you right here. God bless you. God sees you. Good. Right here. God bless you. Back there. God sees your hand. You put your hands down. God sees your hand. Good. God bless you. Lord, you see the hands, but more importantly, you see the hearts. So I pray for all those that said yes to you today, that as they begin their walk with you, they will remember how important it is to develop this relationship with you. That that's what you came for. You came to die for us so that we could have a life with you. And only you can bring new life. There may be some of us, we're Christians, and, and we still deal with broken relationships. We deal with all kinds of things that, that can go bad. But maybe this morning you're saying, I'm a Christian, and, and boy, but I would love to do better in my relationships. I would love to, to be a person who, who does well in dealing with broken relationships. I want to do better. And I'm asking God for the strength, the wisdom, the ability to do so. And if you're a Christian this morning, in response to what we've learned this morning, if you're saying, I want to be better in my relationships, would you lift a hand? And in doing so, you're saying, I want to do better. Yeah, a lot of us. Yes, Lord. Lord, we raise our hands. You can put your hand down. Lord, we just need you. You're that ingredient that is needed in our lives to have a successful life. You know the plans that you have for us. You know everything about us. And even in our brokenness, you still gave us your life so that we could be set free. And that is the truth. Thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. Let's welcome these that said yes to Jesus this morning.